Hi, welcome to Never Believe It. Uh, and I'm not one of the usual cast members. Uh, this is this is Colin. Uh, Colin at Pagetish. Uh Yeah. I know we've had some really great essays so far from Sarah and Ray and Riley. And uh, they are absolutely wonderful and amazing people to work with. And... I wanted to come on today because of the way that I've guested on the show, specifically to talk about collaboration and mindfulness and uh, aligning yourself um, with group group efforts and in community works and that kind of thing. I guess to start this all off, uh, I'll talk about what seems like was a lifetime ago for me, and that's when I was I was in school getting my BFA, pretty much exclusively almost exclusively working in portraiture while I was in college. It was really, really strange when I finished that degree and then moved back home. And uh, I, had, I had gone back home and was just trying to find work in my field to, uh, or any kind of work really, to support me having a studio again so I could safely oil paint in a well-ventilated area uh, and to continue to build up my body of work uh, while I tried to apply for grad school. Um, my Kind of like my dream at that point was being an academic artist and being able to teach art and art critique uh, at the college level. That was, that would, that would have, that was my ideal a decade ago. And I would still love to do that again, but you know, my life has kind of moved on. And a big part of that is I lost a community that I could work with and collaborate with when I left college. Uh, there were still, I still had groups of, of people that, that I could talk to about art and could work alongside making art. Uh, the, this was, you know, 2010, 2011, uh, where kind of like burgeoning tools like Google Hangouts were starting to be a thing. And there, yeah, I, I made connections with a lot of uh, digital artists and illustrators and uh, had a lot of fun doing that, had a lot of, of creative input from those people. But, uh, you know, it wasn't the same as the uh, really core group of people that I went to school with. Uh, where we were talking about portraiture all day and we were doing figure drawing classes together and we were modeling for each other. And while I really respect uh, all of those people that, that I kind of made connections with afterwards, uh, there simply wasn't the kind of like open communication uh, that that I needed. And that's what made me realize that I honestly duh, don't, didn't really care about portraiture at all. Uh, the thing that uh, that I really cared about was was communicating through art and communicating with other people about art and having that collaborative uh, space with people. Which is why uh, the thing that I, I ultimately settled into, uh, you know, over a decade later, is tabletop games. Uh, because it is very much conversation, and it is very much about uh, open collaboration between people and communicating ideas uh, on various different levels and in different means and complexities. Uh, and I say all that to then say that the creative environment and the work environment that uh, I've been able to experience with Sarah, Riley, and Ray on Never Believe It is probably like one of the most fulfilling uh, creative spaces I've ever been in my life. There is just a, a degree to which, uh, and uh, it's, it is so weird because it's, it's, you know, it's not like we're sitting in a Discord chat somewhere talking about format and theory and, 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 editing practices and planning out episodes and that kind of stuff although that does occasionally happen um uh, mostly like it's it's sitting down uh and picking out an episode of naruto and then improving on top of it 
uh, but the the way in which that uh, that conversation is pushed in both form and function is so important, and I think it's because Riley Ray and Sarah are not just of a certain wavelength where they naturally can communicate together very, very well and can communicate with, with others they bring in to this project very, very well. It's because they've cultivated uh, an incredibly uh, open and encouraging space with some of the you know uh, best safety tools that I've seen implemented uh, and a real, real understanding of, of the need to check in and the need to uh, you know, ask, you know, make sure people are doing well emotionally, but also to make sure that things are proceeding in a way that people are are happy with how their improv, how their work is going. And I think that uh, uh, like a, a designer I, I look to a lot uh, for inspiration is, is Alex Roberts, and especially the way that she talks about uh, enthusiastic cons- consent, where uh, you should not just be looking for uh, work and ideas that you're fine with. You should be looking for the thing that all collaborators involved uh, are incredibly excited about, uh, which is why uh, you get episodes where you know um, listen to the Haiku episodes. Everybody is fucking uh, just jammed about that show in a way that you can tell they're excited, and that's where the structure and format starts to drip away to just uh, a bunch of people being very excited about the emotional content. Of, of the thing that we just watched. Uh, whereas I feel like you can, uh, the, the episodes that really get wild and out there with the improv are the ones that are fundamentally episodes of Naruto that are not fun to watch. <laughs> that we, it's content that is, is not uh, something that we want to include in the show. Um, and having that, that kind of structure that uh, just, uh, the, the tantamount thing is not what is the product going to be? Or uh, how do we best use uh, this, this, this material that we're bringing in this Naruto filler? Uh, but making sure that everybody is able to, to work and function in a way that not only are they making the best work that they possibly could, but they're enjoying making that work in the way that they best possibly can. I mean, especially you, you look at the relationship that Ray and I sometimes have on the show, which is very adversarial. And I would not be able to do that uh, without this incredibly warm, welcoming environment, without uh, encouragement uh, from everybody uh, to, to go as hard as I can on it and for other people to go as hard against uh, me at the same time. Uh, and also with the kind of like knowing that there is a safety net that's going to be respected if if something crosses the line and knowing that even if uh, maybe I don't realize in the moment, uh, you know, when we're done recording, Ray is going to make sure that that, you know, the the emotional content that we went towards was, uh, uh, you know, taken as. A performance and not something personal that Riley is going to make sure that I'm doing fine and that you know I'm not I haven't emotionally overloaded myself uh that Sarah is going to check in and you know uh make sure that that I got to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish out of things and that when I say that I'm fine they know that I feel safe enough and that I feel supported enough that I'm not hiding anything that's going wrong that I do enthusiastically feel like yes we just made a good episode uh thank you for yelling at me on the podcast you know like uh to to really have that kind of like full support and trust 
uh, means that we can make tense and dramatic things, that we can make things that are weird, that we can make things that are uncomfortable. Because sometimes you want work that's like that. Because oftentimes when when a work fails to land or a, a work doesn't meet the goal that uh, the people making it set out for it, often it's because there isn't the drama and the tension and that adversarial element uh, that can that really makes <laughs> makes fiction work. It makes you know it's the gas in the engine ninety percent of the time, and you can't get that. You can't get that drama unless everybody feels completely safe to go there. There is a very real element of fear. I think oftentimes, uh, and this both like equally applies to the idea of like an art critique space or uh, a, you know an art production space and something like a tabletop role-playing game or a collaborative storytelling game uh, and then it, it feels like somebody has to take on the role of the bad guy you know uh, the GM in a, a role-playing game has to be the one has to be the the adversary by which uh, everybody has a disagreement with that everybody has conflict with. Or that, uh, you know, somebody in in the critique or production space has to be the quote unquote hard ass who says the things that nobody else, everybody else is uh, willing to not say. That somebody has to uh, take on the role of of creating conflict and and being the hard rock upon which we break ourselves to to become better people. And I think that ignores the fact that those roles aren't productive. Uh, you know, in a in a very specific storytelling sense, yes, you do need villains. Uh, but to simply say, "All right, uh, this one person's role is being the villain and the source of conflict," uh, often lets us ignore uh, the smaller forms of conflict and growth uh, that we can explore in characters uh, that normally shouldn't be in conflict or wouldn't be in conflict. Uh, that you know, sometimes it is important for for you know two quote unquote you know friendly main characters to have a disagreement and to even if that it's small or unimportant to treat it as conflict because of the way that that can that can drive growth and that can uh, lead to to new ideas. And similarly, uh, if you simply have one person in uh, you know and in a creative endeavor being the one who points out what's going wrong. Uh, then you you lose the perspectives of everybody else working on it, and often the person who is constantly having to do that harsh critique uh, isn't actually getting to like exercise any kind of vision over what the project is uh, or what the creative work is going to be, because they're just pointing out failures without being given the chance to also uh, creatively work and endeavor to make the project better. And often I felt like I had to be that person because I didn't want to walk into into a critique space. I didn't want to talk to other students and just hear, oh, yeah, that looks good a hundred times because, we, you know, uh, I wouldn't learn anything about my work. I wouldn't learn about my failures. I uh, wouldn't learn to exercise uh, the kind of like parts of your brain that like think critically and talk about art and uh, in, in specific ways to like figure out what you're trying to accomplish with it. But because I felt like I had to be that person in that space, uh, it also meant that people didn't see me as vulnerable or saw me as aggressive or, or were afraid of me in a way where I would not get the critique 
I wanted back because there was a lack of of open uh, you know consent and communication and and talking about what we wanted out of this and what we wanted to achieve uh, that it was years before somebody felt like they had the confidence to point out that uh, you know I had some a simple structural problem with the way that I did compositions where often uh, I would have you know practically no space on the left side of it of of a painting and like you know in an inch and a half to two inches of empty space on the right and eventually i would find artists that i could have that kind of relationship with that i could have that open communication and consent to the kind of critique that i wanted and needed which is why i really look to never believe it as kind of like the one of the shining lights in uh you know, uh, uh, the work that I've been doing over the past couple of years is that I know I can come in and say, hey, I'm not happy with how I feel about this. Or, uh, hey, I really want you to go hard on me uh, this time. Or, you know, uh, 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 really just be out there and open about uh, how I feel and, and what what kind of work that I want to do, which opens me up to and opens the, you know, everyone up to things that we wouldn't normally expect out of the work and the ways that you know i can come on and uh you know uh, originally was pitched as coming on to be kind of like the heel of the show uh and being able to fully like live in that space and and you know have have like ray really browbeat me sometimes in a way that is actually like enjoyable for me to do and enjoyable for me to bring trauma and tension to the show uh but still then like beyond that uh to to also like have a lot of complexity to the ways that i've interacted with this show you know that i'm not just this person that's trying to lean more into being quote-unquote corrupted by kishimoto's lies in the canon of naruto or whatever and the ways that i think that me doing that has helped sarah and riley bring more of their you know, experiences with Naruto canon into the fore, or uh, the way in which that uh, kind of me coming in to be a villain has allowed Rey to be more adversarial and and come off as more of a villain in a very interesting way that I, I don't think that just like if we sat down and wrote it and then played it out, uh, it would have the same effect. And that's because when you collaborate with people on a project, on work, it is more than just the kind of work that you want to do. And it's more than just the kind of work that you want to contribute to this project. The act of playing with other people, the act of, of creating a thing with other people, uh, brings those two things into equilibrium in such a perfect way that you can't predict how it's going to play out. You can't predict the, the thing that is going to come out of it. And I think ultimately uh that's why i love this show so much uh that's why i i love listening to it every week uh is because there is a a true and utter fusion between everybody in combining both their intentions for their personal goals for it and the group goals for for what they want to produce and finding the true synthesis between like the three to four or five different identities and then the show's identity itself and and not finding just one thing out of this but finding you know uh, a, a truly like this this whole and real work that feels uh beyond any one person and beyond any one goal but like a a true 
uh, collaboration between everybody who's worked on the show. Uh, be it uh, Riley Ray and Sarah, who have been, like, you know, really nose to the grindstone, figuring the show out from the beginning for, God, uh, like, a year now, I guess. Uh, uh, or people like me who have come on regularly, who uh, you know frequently you know contribute uh, even even off mic off sessions that uh, like I have been on the show, or you know uh, people who have just come on to guest for one episode. The ways that you know all aspects of that has colored what Never Believe It has become is just truly amazing uh, to behold, uh, and is is why you can do things like somebody can just throw out, hey, what if we don't post for all of November because a funny November joke, and that it, it becomes this entire thing of, uh, uh, you know, yeah, okay, we, we can do that, and then how do we fill out of the space? What do we draw on? How, who can we collaborate with? Uh, how can we take content that we intended to release as a normal episode and, and fit it in here? And how does that color the other work that we're now going to do to, to backfill some of these parts? And to that point is the other, I think the other big thing about collaboration is the mindfulness of your ownership of a thing. No matter what, Never Believe It is Sarah and Ray and Riley's show. Uh, it is their creation. I feel like that would be true even if I uh, was a guest on double uh, the the episodes that I was on. If, even, uh, even so, if maybe I was even on every single episode of Never Believe It, I would still feel like it's their show. And giving that room to... To acknowledge that I am someone playing in their space uh, is is very important to this relationship of of you know collaboration. Not just being able to make yourself vulnerable uh, to open yourself up to other people, but also uh, the willingness to let somebody be in charge of a thing. To to acknowledge that hey uh, yeah I'm contributing a lot to this. Uh, I'm putting a lot of myself in this, but it's it's still theirs. And that's good because it's it is equally engaging, and I feel like people don't give themselves enough credit for seeing the ways that they helped other people in work, as opposed to seeing the ways in which they had arthurial control. Because oftentimes the the thing that makes a work really good are things that are surprising and simply come out of the conversation between the people making it, uh, and come out in that collaborative process and. Sometimes that means that you have to come in and, and say that I'm going to help somebody get there instead of trying to already know what you want a project to look like. And I can't say I've ever been happier uh, to be along for the ride uh, and to be a, a part of something that has been so like foundationally like magical and strange and weird uh, and groundbreaking as I feel like Never Believe It has been. 